Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Movie Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well. All right, today we're going to talk about a couple of the new hires on the Giants coaching staff, defensive coordinator Shane Bowen and new tight ends coach Tim Kelly, who's the former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Here to help me do that is Justin Mello of the Draft Network and SB Nation's Music City Miracles, which covers the the Titans. Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on. Pleasure's all mine. Uh, nice to see a, a couple of former coordinators there pop up in East Rutherford. So uh, excited to go through it with you. Yeah, so let's uh, so let's get right to that. Shane Bowen, thirty-seven years old, three years of experience, I think, in uh, in Tennessee as the coordinator. Um, if you can, just a, a quick synopsis, quick thought on on what the Giants are getting here in Bowen. Well, I, I think they're getting a, a, a pretty good defensive coordinator, and, and that's not always popular uh, maybe in Tennessee. But I think if you look at the history, they, they, they typically were outstanding in the red zone, um, a really good run defense for the majority of his time. They're certainly an extension of Mike Vrabel, right? So sometimes it's difficult to separate how much of that was Mike Vrabel's defense, how much of it was Shane Bowen's defense. But you know, they were two guys that were together for a long time, you know, dating back to, uh, you know, their days together with the Houston Texans. So uh, they're getting a flexible defensive coordinator who would, you know, prefer to play man coverage when he has the personnel to do so. Uh, typically had a, a good weekly game plan when they were going up against good opponents. You know, you look at w- when they would play the Buffalo Bills or, or Baltimore or, or sorry, the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, two of the better teams in the league who were two common opponents. Um, of the Titans in recent years, uh, a lot of cover too, you know, kind of forced those quarterbacks to nickel and dime and, and try to protect against the big play. When they would play against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, a press man coverage and single coverage to make him throw to the ball to the outside and sort of uh, take away the middle of the field. And, and, and they wanted to see that Lamar could throw the football, uh, you know, the way that he can nowadays. But that game plan worked for them a lot. People will remember uh, when they upset the Ravens as the number one seed a couple of years ago when Lamar Jackson won MVP. So I think you're getting a flexible defensive coordinator that's always shown up and had great game plans uh, against big opponents. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals are another team. You know, Joe Burrow in that offense only averaged 14 points per game in, in three games against Shane Bowen and, and his defense. And they never scored more than 20 points in any of those games. So I think you're getting a good, flexible defensive coordinator. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is the fact that that Bowen worked for Mike Vrabel, and at least for a couple of those years, the Titans had uh, Jim Schwartz on staff as a consultant. Coming to the Giants, where Brian Dable is an offensive-minded head coach, Shane Bowen will be more on his own. This will be more, we know it's Shane Bowen's game plan, we know it's Shane Bowen's scheme, and and you don't have to wonder, you know, how much of that is the is the defensive minded head coach. Um, in your mind, at this point, you know, after three years in Tennessee, is he ready for that sort of, I guess, what I would call solo responsibility? Yeah, absolutely. I I never saw that as you know, Mike Vrabel didn't call 
defensive plays, for example. Certainly, he was the overseer of everything, if you will, but he wasn't the defensive play caller or, or things of that nature. So, no, I, I don't think there's any concern whatsoever about Shane Bowen being able to do this thing, you know, quote-unquote on his own. Yeah, one of the interesting things that happened in, in New York, obviously, Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale, you know, messy divorce with the Giants. And, you know, those are two guys who are very much alpha type guys, very much, you know, have their own beliefs in how to do things. Martindale, you know, very experienced coordinator, been around for a long time. And I don't think he wanted to hear input from Brian Dable. Um, Shane Bowen, a little different place in his career, a lot younger. Uh, you know, Brian Dable, obviously offensive minded, of course. But if is that going to be an issue at all with Shane Bowen if Brian Dable wants to sit down and and, and ask questions and make suggestions or, or whatever? I mean, he's a flexible, collaborative coordinator. Certainly, mm-hmm. uh, I don't worry about. That. I don't, you know, the personality isn't quite as strong as uh, as Don Martindale. Certainly, I think you know you, you get more of a alpha male personality when it comes to Don, uh, the Wink. Uh, no, Bowen's going to be flexible and collaborative, and he's going to take uh, advice certainly from Brian Dable and, and and sort of you know let Dable uh, you know make sure the defense is within his vision, even though he's an offensive minded guy. Uh, but no, I, I imagine the relationship between Dable and Bowen will probably be a lot better than it was between uh, 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 Dable and, and Wink. You know, Jimmy Morris, one of the uh, you know who runs the the Titans site for SB Nation. I had reached out to him for a comment on Bowen, and and basically I'm kind of paraphrasing here, and he basically said the defense played the way it should have most of the time based on personnel and opponent. Is that pretty accurate in your mind? I'm sorry, repeat that? He said the defense played the way it should have, basically to the level it should have, based on personnel and opponent. With with the Titans? Yes. Certainly. I mean, I go back to when, I want to say it was 2019, when the defense was poor. It was it was really poor. Historically poor for stretches. Um, for, for long stretches of that season. And everyone in Tennessee wanted Shane Bowen fired. You know, the fan base. And Mike Vrabel made one of the most unpopular decisions at the time that he probably ever made. He did not fire him. He did not relieve him of his duties uh, at all. Uh, and, and, and they told everyone this was a personnel problem. This is not a coaching problem. What did they do that offseason? They came back with like seven or eight different new starters on the defensive side of the ball. And they got a lot better in 2020, significantly better, even, you would say. So uh, uh, he was right. You know, certainly, I, I think personnel, opponent, they were flexible, as I said. Cover two one week, single man coverage the next week. So uh, I, I certainly think, and I say this about Shane Bowen all the time, he, he's not going to reinvent the wheel. You know, if you're looking for that guy, he's not going to do that. Uh, but he's also not someone that's incompetent by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, He's not going to get in his own way. If the players are capable of executing, they've got talent on there, he's going to maximize that talent and they're going to have a good defense. So certainly he is, I, I would say, flexible based on how things go. Justin, Shane Bowen is not the only former Titans coach that the Giants hired this week. They added Tim Kelly, former Titans offensive coordinator, as their tight ends coach. 
And the interesting thing about that for me is he's a former offensive coordinator. He was he had that role in Tennessee. I think he had that role. Um, it might have been in Houston before that. I'm not I, I don't have that in front of me. But, you know, tight ends coach, the guy going back to being a positions coach is sort of a step backwards. Does it say anything about the caliber of coach that Kelly is? No, I look, I, I think he was dealt an extremely tough hand this year, right? From a personnel perspective, they had the worst left tackle play in all of football, right? By far, right? Like certainly I think they played four different left tackles this season, if not five. You had Andre Dillard, you had Dylan Radins, you had Nicholas petit Friere, you had our sixth round rookie, Jalen Duncan. Receiver depth was an issue behind DeAndre Hopkins. You know, guys like Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips have not taken the steps forward that people thought they were going to take. Um, uh, you know, two different starting quarterbacks, a rookie coming in midseason. There were just so many personnel-related difficulties that I think that Tim Kelly had to deal with this year. Uh, I'm of the opinion that he's a good offensive coordinator. I thought he did a good job calling plays, severely hamstrung, as I said. You go back, and I'm, I'm sure Giants fans will do this, you go back to the years that he spent uh, with the Houston Texans, a lot of good seasons there, you know, when they had a good offense, when Deshaun Watson was in his prime, and they still had DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I think Tim Kelly's a good offensive coordinator, and it's a victory uh, to get him into the organization as a position coach. Nice. One of the things that I wanted to ask about, obviously, Two Titans coaches added to the uh, to the Giants staff. Obviously, you know Mike Vrabel coaches come from the Vrabel tree. Do you find it interesting that that Brian Dable, who has you know Patriots connections, turned to uh, to the Vrabel tree? Obviously, Vrabel with Patriots background as well. You know to kind of fill out his staff here. Do you find that I I find I don't find it surprising at all. I find it kind of interesting that. I mean, Dable doesn't have previous connections to these two guys, but they have similar sort of backgrounds and training to what he has. I, I guess a little, you know, I've always been torn on calling Mike Vrabel, you know, from the Patriots tree. I understand he played, you know, he obviously played there for many years, had a lot of success, but, you know, he learned under, under Urban Meyer, right? That was his first coaching job. And then certainly maybe an extension of the Patriots coaching tree when he joined, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien, who also comes from that tree in Houston. But uh, it, it, it might help that Dable and some of these guys have, have taken similar paths, but even Tim Kelly, again, you know, now working under Vrabel's not someone I would say comes from the Patriots coaching tree. Yes. They work together in Houston, Vrabel and him, but he's on the offensive side of the ball, Vrabel on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, 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 it may have helped again with some of those initial conversations, but I, I don't think it was probably overly telling to, um, to, to, to the final outcome. All in all though, good coaches in your mind that the giants have added to this staff. In my opinion, yes. In my opinion, yes. I think, to, again, Tim Kelly, especially getting him as a position coach, is uh, is a major win. And I think Shane Bowen is a good quality defensive coordinator. Uh, again, people take this as a negative when I say it, but there are a lot of bad defensive coordinators in football. Shane Bowen's probably a league average one. You know, I, I don't think you've you had a home run hire here, but I think you've hired someone that you know isn't going to get in his own way. And and I think sometimes we don't realize. Uh, uh, how much of a compliment that is, right? I think he's going to have good game plans for the personnel that he has. And I'll, I'll say it again, and it, it happened this past year. If you've got bad players on defense, 
He's not going to, you know, Vic Fangio, uh, Brandon Staley once upon a time, mastermind this thing. You're probably not going to have a very good defense if you've got bad players on defense. But then again, I, I typically lean towards players over coaching, you know, in this league. And players are the one that got to go out there and execute. And if he's got good players, he's not going to uh, get in his own way and prevent them from fielding a good defense. All right. What I need to do here before I let you go is I need to uh, to ask you to switch from your Titans hat to your draft hat for a second. <laughs> um, interesting thing. We've been talking a lot at Big Blue View about Spencer Rattler lately. We talk a lot about the Giants quarterback situation. Um, in my first three-round mock draft on Sunday, I gave the Giants Spencer Rattler in the third round. Uh, our our draft guy, Chris Flum, did a deep dive on Rattler this week. Um, you know, it's an interesting situation for the Giants. Do they go quarterback if one of those guys falls to number six? And if that doesn't happen, how do they approach quarterback this offseason? And, and I wanted to ask you specifically about Rattler because I saw that for Draft Network, you you did a piece on Rattler this week and you connected Rattler to the Giants as one of the three places where you really saw Rattler as a fit. So just talk to me about, about Rattler, um, about why you think he's a fit for the Giants. And, and the other part of that is coming off a senior bowl where he was really good. If the Giants or any team wants Spencer Rattler, how early are they going to have to move to get him? Well, I, I don't think the Giants are going to take one of those quarterbacks. Number one, I, I don't think one of them is going to be available in the top six, right? I, I don't think you're getting Jaden Daniels or Drake May at number six. You know, stranger things have happened, but I, I'm sort of uh, operating under the thought process that both of those guys will be gone before they come on the board. Certainly, they'd have an interesting decision if one of them is available. I'd be torn on that. You know, the investment in Daniel Jones was so sizable. You're not moving on anytime soon, certainly not before this season uh, arrives. So, uh, But I look at a guy like Spencer Rattler, who had a great senior bowl. I, I do think you're looking in the mid-round. I don't think he gets into the second round, probably a third or fourth round pick. I think that's somewhere the Giants should go this offseason, right? Like maybe prepare yourself for the possibility that Daniel Jones is the guy. Uh, sorry, is not the guy, I should say. And maybe take a gamble on a mid-round quarterback. I, I know it's a cliche, but you look at how San Francisco struck gold with a Brock Purdy uh, when they were unsure about Jimmy Garoppolo, so to speak, right? And Trey Lance. I think the Giants got to take a similar, similar thought process, right? It's let's take a chance on a mid-round guy and see if we strike gold in case the current one we have in place isn't uh, the long-term answer. <coughs> Uh, but I, I, you know, with Spencer having the great senior bowl, it's going to prop him up the board a little. He's matured a lot as a quarterback. He's athletic. He's got some dual threat ability. He could thrive outside the pocket, certainly salvaged his career going from Oklahoma to South Carolina and the, uh, and the success that he's had there. Uh, uh, but, uh, I think that's the route the Giants should take. Probably look at a mid round quarterback. If it's not Rattler, I mean, the other name that floats around, I think around that part of the draft is Michael Pratt from Tulane. Um, thoughts on Pratt, thoughts on anybody else who might be available around that area? Sorry, give me one second here. Getting a text from an agent. All good. Business, uh, business at hand, and uh, we, all have to, we all have to deal with that on occasion. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So, so I I was asking you about uh, about uh, Michael Pratt or the possibility of of any any other quarterback, you know, perhaps at that point. You know, I I will say uh, I I was quite intrigued about Michael Pratt going into the Senior Bowl, and uh, I'm not sure that he met expectations. You know, had had a couple of disappointing days out there. Now, look, that's not the end all be all. I always say quarterback's probably the toughest position to play at the senior bowl because you really hit the ground running when you get there and you're working with a bunch of receivers you haven't worked with before you get like one day of install for the offense so it's a really tough environment for quarterbacks to thrive in uh uh but uh, you know i'm still sort of in you watch the tape you look at what he did at tulane he's a really smart quarterback a good processor knows how to take advantage of soft zones and defense uh, but no, I, I, you know, I think coming out of the senior bowl, the stock probably isn't as high as it once was. Uh, certainly by far, Spencer Rattler, I think, was the big winner down there in Mobile. All right. Hey, Justin, I appreciate a few minutes. Uh, maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll get back together and talk uh, more draft prospects again before the uh, before the draft here in April. So, again, thank you very, very much. Why don't you just let folks know? Uh, if they don't know already where they can find your work, where they can find you on social media. You follow me on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. Uh, catch my work on the draftnetwork.com. Uh, right now we're in the middle of an interview series with prospects. I sat down with more than 50 prospects that were at the Senior Bowl. Those exclusive interviews are up there right now. And I'm going to be sitting down with about 50 to 100 more uh, 2024 NFL draft prospects over these next two months. So uh, lots of work uh, can be found there on the draftnetwork.com. All right. Thanks again for the time. Giants fans, thank you as always for, for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.